Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. As always, shout out to my executive producer, Andre Suttles with Suttle Solutions, helping make this podcast possible. We have a great episode in store for you today. I am excited for this one, and many would say it's long overdue. My man, Vin D'Amato, in the Zoom call. Vin, from the West Coast, the coast we love the most. How you doing? Doing well. I'm doing well. Just got out here uh, last week. Uh, still uh, moving in, getting settled. Uh, yeah. It's an uphill battle, but you know we're we're working through it. A lot to do like every day. I'm sure, man. And for the folks that don't know, the viewers, the listeners, uh, I mean, from New York to LA, just moved out there. We spent some time together in New York. We go way back. Yes, sir. Um, for the listeners who might not have been introduced to you before, uh, why not introduce yourself really quick? Let them know who who you are and uh, what it is you do. Sure. Uh, my name is Vin D'Amato, and I am a producer, musician, and engineer, uh, audio engineer. Nice. And I think you are starting to really kind of get some traction in, in that game and that aspect, hence why you're going out to the West Coast. Why did you pick, pick L.A.? Well, to be honest, um, it was it was a half and half um, decision, I guess. But a big part of it was my my fiance um, is from San Jose. So she's uh, like an hour south of San Francisco. And uh, she went to UCLA for undergrad. So I think part of um, the move was always, it was kind of always in the cards to come out here. Um, and, uh, she got uh, a great, uh, promotion and her new territory is SoCal. So I had, I have been out here, uh, in 2016, uh, for a year and it was kind of also always in the cards for me as well. So we kind of thinking, you know what, this might be the opportunity time to, to make the move because if you don't do it now, We'll never do it. So um, I have a lot of friends out here. I have a lot of uh, collaborators out here, um, and uh, I'm I'm happy we we pulled the trigger this year. Um, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be nice. The weather the weather has been <laughs> it's been pretty pretty uh, good so far. Well, I know because you mentioned back in 2016 you were in New York uh, in LA, excuse me, yes. and then you came back to New York. And I remember we were talking and comparing the two. And I know you're you're a New York boy, right? You're like yeah, through and through. Yeah. Uh, what's the biggest difference you notice between the two coasts? So I think uh, the pace, the pace of everything. So from the people to the lifestyle, um, the pace is just a little. Everything is a, a beat slower, like uh, walking or driving, or um, although LA drivers are a little insane, but um, it, it's a different insane than New York. Um, it's just, everything is, is like a little less intense. It, it feels like time moves a little slower out here. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, you know, growing up in New York, every, everything is just like, go, 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 go. Everybody's very aggressive in, in some ways, which has this energy to it. You know what I mean? Um, and that energy for me was always like translated into work ethic. Um, it's like a, a, a driving force. Um, competition um and la is like a little bit of a departure from that it's like a little slower a little friendlier um you know a little less in your face and i think that's that's the biggest difference for me is like 
this overall life pace that kind of you get a you get to take a step back and, and take a deep breath, you know? Yeah. And that's, I asked that intentionally because I did feel that was going to be a similar kind of uh, response uh, as to when we were talking back then with the reflection of it. Sure. How do you think the, the, the fast pace work ethic focus of New York helps you in this new environment, especially in a very competitive field? You mentioned, I mean, production, audio engineering. I mean, there's a lot of folks in that field who really try and get into it and quite frankly might not make it. How do you think those skills um, and that, that upbringing in New York help you in that environment? I think it sets you apart from from people pr- pretty early on. I, I think, um, interestingly enough, two of, the, two of my bigger assets as a, a producer, musician, and, and engineer are, I actually, out of college, I worked nine to five uh, for, for four-ish years. And I think having that and, and being in New York for that time brings something a little different to the table than you would see in most people in the industry. So having that bit of professionalism, um, having that, that drive, that ethic, um, kind of, it lends itself to people having a little more confidence in you that you're going to get something done. Like, like, yes, music, like I'm very much into the spiritual aspect of it, like the art of the song and, and good vibes and, and everybody has to be in, in the right environment and the right mindset, um, to create and, and to create well, I absolutely believe all that. But I also think there's something to having a to-do list and knocking it out and being professional over email and knowing how to communicate. Like those are, those are assets of mine that I think um, were given to me being growing up in New York and uh, like I said, having like a job out of school. Yeah. And I can 100% relate because um, we, we learn that there's levels to this and there's different aspects to it. And, you know, there's the artist side and then the professional side and you have to kind of marry the two. I used to work at a law firm when I was in New York and it was the same go, 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 go and detail oriented, filling out Excel spreadsheets and stuff. And then now being in, in my realm, in the media world and being able to be more off the cuff, looser, there's skills and benefit in that. But where I've set myself apart was my attention to detail, was my sure. professionalism, was my email and my correspondence and the interactions on the back end that people kind of get surprised about because they're like, oh, wow, I didn't expect that from you. And that's kind of the, I guess, the extra edge that we can add and apply to ourselves. And now I'm talking to the listeners. I'm talking to the viewers on YouTube. When right. we have those multiple a- assets and those multiple features about us, that makes us marketable to an employer or makes us marketable to our client? Because uh, I know a lot of the listeners, they're, they're self-made or, or they're ambitious of owning their own thing. When we have those skills, we could be marketable to other people. I want to jump into the process, though, of, of making music. Because I remember when we were back in New York at your apartment, you, you had this, this box and it had these metal kind of like prongs on them. And you hit one prong and you kind of went into detail on like how hitting the prong or hitting the stick on the desk, changing the pitch and then repeating it yeah. and then putting it onto a beat. I was blown away by that process. So like, I still have, I still have that marimba actually. It's, it's, it's over here somewhere. Um, really? I brought it with me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think gener- in general, um, everybody's process is very different. Um, and I think kind of tying into what you were saying that like the, what makes um, you an asset or the things that you bring to the table, um, kind of like are, are, are similar to how you would go about creating, like you have to play to your strengths. Um, 
you know, over time, um, back in New York, I, I wasn't, I actually didn't play guitar at all. Um, hmm. and, and now I, I consider myself a fairly, you know, average guitar player. Um, I, I, I can get by, um, especially in my productions, but, um, you know, there, there are things that back in New York, if I wasn't that good of a guitar player, I would do things like sample the marimba or hit, hit, play, play the, the woodblock or, you know, and I would do, I was doing those things, um, I guess more or less because I wanted to bring, um, in general, in my productions and, and in the music I like, I like organic to bring as many organic elements as possible. Um, primarily music production now in 2020 is in the box, right? And in the box, I mean, people are making um, hits, top 40 hits, millions of record sales on their laptop, right? And that's all you need. You don't need anything else. You, you literally can make a song. Um, I think even like, no joke, uh, my buddy has like a Tesla and he has like a beat making app in the Tesla. Like, like you, you can, you can make music anywhere now. It's not hard on your phone everywhere. Um, so, you know, everybody's process is different. I think for me having organic elements, um, is important. Um, people generally are attracted to those organic elements. So when you can get them in, try to get them in, um, and see if they work. Um, I'm, and I, I do a lot of, uh, drum in drums particularly i like to have things kind of kind of not be so rigid and yeah. and kind of on the nose i like having a little bit of a groove um and sometimes the only way to get that is to play something so whether it be whatever you have in front of you you know even just like hitting your desk or whatever like for the kick drum like there's so many ways you could beatbox into the mic right um there's just infinite ways to be creative and to to generate sound um so it's it's finding what works for you where does your love of music come from? Because when we talk, man, like your love goes deep. It, it goes deep. And I know there's a lot of folks who kind of get into music to, to make the beat and stuff. But sure. in the genres that you listen to, I mean, we'd be there and, and you're pulling out records and <sighs> putting needle on and, <laughs> and we're getting some, some good vibes going. Where does yeah. that love come from? Well, I think initially um, my, my parents are both musicians or, or were my mom still sings, but um, my dad uh, hasn't played in a long time. But I, I think initially I grew up in a, in a super musical household. My parents played uh, in, in a band up until I was probably 10, maybe or 11. Um, so he played for a while uh, growing up. Um, so I think initially it's that right. And then I just, there's something hereditary in the blood that, uh, that attracted me and, and makes me feel something. But um, yeah, I, I have, it's a weird relationship because I think sometimes like, like people listen to, like sometimes I can't listen to music. It's weird. Really? Yeah. So like, like sometimes I'm in a mood that I physically just can't listen to music because I, it's so tied to me like emotionally and mentally that like, I just, sometimes I just need to listen to a, a podcast. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I can't hear sound because the way I process it is just so agonizing. Like I, like everything that flows through me is like somehow, you know, subconsciously um, kind of repurposed and, and uh, like has a place somewhere. And yeah. sometimes I just, I just can't palate it. I just can't, I just can't like, you know, emotionally like accept <laughs> listening to music. So sometimes I go, I go like, um, on drives or something, I won't play. I just won't, I'll just play like a, a, a series of podcasts or like even like an audio book or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think to that. Right. I, I can imagine. I'm sure there needs to be some sort of like separation from mm -hmm. what you do 
um, in order to still love it and appreciate it. You know, it, it can't be when you're so close to something. Um, I think it's super important to also take steps away. You yeah. know, it's almost like sometimes you when you take steps away, that's where the inspiration comes from. Because, I mean, if I go to a new city and I see the local newscast or whatnot, or even when I watch the news, like I can't watch news like a normal person. I just can't. Well, so I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, how do so? Do you look at other? So the nuance, it's the new. I'm sure there's like so many nuances, right? There's so many things that I, I would have no idea even to look for. When you do see other news newscasters and other channels, are you are you constantly thinking like, I, either for better or for worse, drawing inspiration from, and or also thinking like, wow, they're yeah. not doing this. They're not doing this correctly, or this guy missed, and etc. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. If I'm watching a newscast, I'll take notes. I'll take mental notes for the things that they do good. I'm like, ooh, I got you know, to adopt that. Or that was great. Or sure. something that they do bad. I was like, ooh. You know, and, it's, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's always a learning experience. Like, Jess, one day she, she pulled up YouTube. And I know that a lot of folks might have seen those, those news blooper montages. Yes, yes. I don't like those. Because okay. I don't, it's like, I don't want that in my area. Because like, you, don't, you don't want to even like you don't even want it on your radar. Like you don't want to have that in your in your head at all. Yeah, because I I believe in karma, and if if we're playing all these news bloopers, I'm bound to be on one of them. Then sure, sure, that's a scary that's a scary thought, dude. I never thought about that. Wow, exactly. Okay. It's, it's almost it's kind of like why I also can't watch like those gym fail videos. Like no, I don't want to see that. Ugh. I get oh, queasy. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> So for that, I'm like, okay, if I if I see news, I'm constantly, I'm not watching it like the normal person. I'm watching it from a perspective of how would I do this? How would I produce this? Or how would I deliver the story that they're delivering? And because of that, it does probably what you feel for music. It takes the, I guess, the joy or the entertainment or the information aspect out of watching Absolutely. said production. Absolutely. Yeah, well, you're no longer- for music. You're no longer a civilian. When you're watching newscasts, you are a different, different from, for me, when I watch newscasts, I'm, I'm not picking apart the production or how the, the caster is speaking, any of that. It's the same thing. So maybe like musically when someone else like, you know, is listening to it, like you said, exactly. I'm picking it apart. I'm taking something from that. And sometimes I just don't feel like doing that. So you, you completely relate. You, you completely yeah. understand. What, what's the biggest challenges you've had to overcome in this journey so far, man? Because I mean, I know how competitive the industry is. I know how up and down the industry is. You know, yeah. what are some of the biggest, I guess, hits you've taken along the way that you're, you're proud you've been able to brush off? So this is a tough question. I, I think it's always going to be an uphill battle. And, and for me personally, uh, like enough is never enough, right? I'm always going to want more. I'm always going to want to get to the next level. And mm-hmm. I think that is also um, a detriment as well as a huge, you know, positive to, to the whole experience and the journey. But I'll tell you what, I think the, the thing that I have to overcome all the time on a daily basis is really none, no one other than myself and, and my ego and, and my mental or emotional state, dude. Like, like, to be honest, that's the, the hurdle that I find toughest to get over more frequently. Like, mm-hmm. yes, it's, yes, it's hard to break through, right? Yes, it's hard to financially be uh, in a good spot through music um, or in the industry, through engineering, et cetera. Yes, that's very tough. But I think there's really more of a roadmap to those things than just being able to sit down and create and, and not think about all of the other people 
all of the other things going on. And like, you know, I, I, I spoke about this recently too. Instagram is awful for, <laughs> for creativity. I don't think it breeds creativity at all. Actually, it probably hinders me so much because you're constantly like just watching other people release music. You're constantly watching other people play music or, or and, it's, and it's kind of this highlight reel of like everything that you got going on in music in your life. So for me, like the biggest obstacle and I'd imagine will continue to be the biggest obstacle is just like getting over that and like, and like tuning it out and, and focusing and putting the blinders on, if you will, to just keep, keep, you know, keep steadfast straight and, and keep working because I do think on some level it's a battle of attrition. And I don't know if you feel, I don't know if you feel the same way in your industry. It might not be the same thing, but if you oh, stick I, this out. You, you, all the time. I mean, cause okay. you see people who are the best at what they do, right? Sure. And because they're quote unquote the best at what they do, or, you know, sometimes I've heard the most talented don't always make it, but you see these highlight reels, like you mentioned, and they're so smooth, put together on point. And then you compare what you're doing to that, not taking into consideration the equipment that they're working with, the team that they're working with, the, the backing that they have, the money that they're pouring into the production. Um, and, it's, and it's just one of those things where, for example, we were talking about a, a shoot and my friend, my videographer pulls up the ASAP Rocky music video, um, ASAP Forever. Whatnot. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with the music video, but there's- I think I might be, yeah. Wild transitions on it. Like it's, he's in a street and the camera goes all the way around him and then into the street and then he's on a beach and it's just these wild transitions. Right, And our right. friend looks at our videographer and like, can you do that? He's like, if you got $20,000 to give me, I can do that. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But once we start comparing our chapter five with someone's chapter 30, we start putting ourselves down. We start thinking, oh man, I can never do something like that. And that ends up paralyzing us in where we are. Yep. And I've Absolutely. seen that plenty of times. I mean, in my industry, I mean, I've listened to podcasts where I'm like, man, they're so good. I've watched newscasts where I'm like, that, that dude was so smooth or that right. lady just handled it. And at, at the end of the day, I probably need, need more at-bats. I probably don't have the same team behind me that they do. And I mean, it's, it's a hard thing to be. It's a hard place to be, especially when you're scrolling through Instagram and you're surrounded by it. Right. I, th I think the, the key and the takeaway for that is that you can only judge your improvement and, and where you are in the journey to where you were and, and specifically just you personally. Right. So if you were better today than you were yesterday, that's, that's important. That's a plus. That's something to be happy about and to be celebrated. Um, and you have to just look at it that way and you can't compare yourself to other people, like for all the things you just said. Absolutely. Yeah. What are some of the goals you have like, right now in terms of, of, of your music? I, I want to get to a place where I am. So, so in, in my head, I think I have these sort of categories, right. And, and I, I really enjoy making music as like an artist. Um, in, in a project and, and um, trying to, to garner a fan base and, and have people enjoy what we're putting out. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also a part of me that I think really wants to be um, successful in, in a way where I'm just kind of separating myself, taking myself out of that artist um, POV and, and, and that, and that position and, and really focusing on just making music for other people. 
So I think a, a, a big part of this LA move is to, to jump into that more and, and mm-hmm. to kind of just be kind of like pro at like producing music for other people and, and really getting clinical um, about my skills and getting it like at bats is like such a great, it's such a great analogy, like such a great way to put it, right? Like I just need more at bats in certain rooms um, and, and, and to take those shots um, in order to get better and get to the place where I really want to be, which is to be prolific in the sense that, Oh, this guy makes great music. Mm. Let's, let's work with him. That's, that's really my goal. My goal is like not necessarily to be so successful as an artist or, or to push a project to a certain place, which I would love to do as well, because I do think I have something to say or still have something to say. I really do enjoy, but I also really enjoy that aspect, like having people come to me and just be like, Hey, we want to make this record. Um, you know, maybe it's country or something, you know, I, I, my, my forte is not necessarily country, but being able to have the skill set um, to produce all genres and for all artists um, is something that I'm really looking forward to diving into and, and getting better at. Yeah. And I, I, I say that setting up this next question in terms of what do you think comes first, the skill set to do the project or the opportunity to do the project and gain the skill set? So it's a really interesting question. So <laughs> I, I, what's so interesting about this is that I have a lot of friends. So my thought process is like, I need to be prepared. Like I, I need to, I, I need to like prep. Like I need to, I need, if I, if I can't play something well enough, or if I don't have something to walk in there with, like, like I, if I'm not ready for the job, I, I freak out, but I have friends, very close people to me who will just be like, they'll get a call and they'll be like, oh uh, yeah can you do this? And it'll be like, yo, I've never done this before in my life, but I'm going to go. I'll be like, what? Like how, how, and you know what? More often than not, they're just throwing themselves into a position to be successful. And you kind of roll the dice. Like if you succeed, you succeed. And I'll tell you what, if you walk in the room and you don't, it's, I guess to some extent, it's still a learning experience. I can't imagine it, it shooting yourself in the foot to the place, to a point where they wouldn't hire you back. If, if you, if you, it, down the road in the future, right? Yeah. So I need to adopt more of that mentality. I, I, maybe I'm not ready. You know, maybe I'm not. Maybe I don't have the skill set, or I'm not good enough, or, or, or whether or not I think I'm good enough. Like I got to do it. You got to jump. Sometimes you got to take that leap. So that's a very good question. I think more often than not, I should probably jump first and figure it out after. I think yeah. that that would probably be some advice. You know, <laughs> is is not maybe not all the time because that's kind of crazy, but but. but Every now and then, jump and then see where you land. And, and sometimes people land on their feet and have great success stories yeah. uh, surrounded that. Surrounding that. I, I ask that too, because for, for some, it takes somebody else seeing your capabilities before you could see it. I think we are our biggest critics. And, you know, when I was working in, as a meteorologist, I was just doing my thing. And my, when my news director was talking about, hey, uh, potentially anchoring, I was floored and I was scared and I was very <laughs> ill-prepared in my mind to do so. Did you have, did you have any becoming, when you were a meteorologist, was there ever a thought? Were you ever like positioning yourself to be an, like, was it ever like putting it into the universe? You know how they talk about like the. Absolutely uh, this, not. <laughs> you did. You didn't. Okay. So, wow. Okay. So I've had, I've, I remember sitting in a room with, with other people higher up in the industry and they've said, I, I could see you on the anchor desk. And I'm sitting there like, nah, the, that's, that's not for me. Sure. Honestly, I was just like, I just, I never thought that was in my cards. I never, that was not the direction. I'm like, I'm the weatherman. 
I'm going to be the weatherman. That's, that's where I'm at. But when the opportunity to anchor came up, it literally scared me so much that I said, yes, it scared me so much. I was like, ah, let's do it. And, and that was a situation I had to build my wings on the way down. And, you know, I, I hit the side of that cliff a few times. I got, I got roughed up. I got beat up. Sure. Sure. (laughs) But you know, I, I think I'm, I'm gliding now. I'm not going to say I'm sorry. I'm not flying. I'm, I'm gliding. You know, I'm airborne and I, and I haven't fallen yet. I think that you, you being self-aware, knowing that you got roughed up, hit the side of the cliff a couple of times, and you are not, I think there's something to that, right? Like you said, you're not soaring. Some people would say in your position that you're soaring. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like uh, I, I, but I think, I think it's really important that you said it right. You said it that I am flying. I'm not soaring. I took, I took my legs on the way up, um, but, I'm, but I'm in a good spot now. And, I, and, and leaving, leaving that room at the top, I think, to me, is really important. I think, I think that that really separates a lot of people because you have to be self-aware. Otherwise, you'll never get better and you'll never have anywhere to go up. You know what I mean? Yeah. You'll, you'll always think you're where you're supposed to be. And, and, and maybe you are where you're supposed to be. But having that, that hunger you know, to, to, to take it to the next level is really important. And I, and I think that has, uh, you know, is built in the fiber of a lot of successful people. Yeah. And I think that's, that's where we are similar. I mean, that's why we've gotten along for so long it is because of, you know, some would say it's humility. Some would say it's self-awareness. I also think, like you said, enough is never enough. You know, it's, it's ambition where, you know, a lot of people in, in your position might already be like, I've arrived, I made yeah. it, you know, oh, absolutely. Not my- doing what I'm doing. Sure. I was just playing, you know, some of your music videos on, on YouTube before. Curves is stuck in my head now. Uh, <laughs> but like a lot of people look at those different positions and think, yeah, we're good. We're, we're, we've made it. But yeah. that ambition about us, that work ethic, and I, and I guess wanting more is, is what kind of keeps that level of, you know, I'm not soaring yet because there's so much more that I want to do. I'd say, though, along the way, how important is it to appreciate what you have before you get what it is you want. You ask, you ask a lot of good questions. So <laughs> I, I, I think something that I don't do, this is personal. Um, I, I don't celebrate my wins uh, as often as I should. And um, luckily, you know, I, I, my fiance, you know, Lynn really does a great job of kind of reminding me, like, she'll be like, listen, like this is, this is good, or this is something that we should be celebrating. And, and I think, um, that is very important um, along the way. Um, there's a lot of peaks and valleys, especially in things that we do. Um, and I think if you can stop and take a second and enjoy the peaks, um, the valleys don't seem all that bad. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah. so, so I do recommend stopping and celebrating your wins. Um, you know, you don't have to have like... <laughs> you know, every time you hit a milestone, you don't have to like have a party, but like maybe just acknowledging and being grateful for that, um, just in your, for yourself or, yeah. or, or, or even just getting a few friends together and then grabbing, you know, some dinner or something and be like, Hey, like, you know, this is important to me. Um, I'm very happy that I've gotten to this point, um, is very important. And, and it's something that I, I am actually working on at the moment, um, to, 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 to do more often. I mean, listen, dude, like, we, like you said, we're, I cut from the same cloth. Like, 
I, I don't, I don't, I'm not necessarily, it's not that I'm happy. It's not, I'm not happy about these wins or, or things, things that are positive in, in my life. It's, it's more or less that I'm just always so hungry that I, I want more, dude. Like it's never enough. Like, like, yeah, this is great. Cool. What's next? But I, it's important for us to, to really step back and be like, Hey, listen, like, this is really, this is really cool. Like, this is like, you know, I'm sure with this podcast, like, and, and the YouTube, like you're going to, you're going to gain a lot of milestones along the way with followers and, and your audience. And it's definitely going to be important for you to take a step back and be like, Hey, like I built this. Now we're here. And wait, mm. now we're here. You know what I mean? It's like, you have to really recognize that. Um, it's fun deserve, you deserve that. it. Cause I, it might be the New York in us, but you know, I just put out the 100th episode of this podcast. Right. Big and milestone. It was, and I was proud of it and I was very proud of it. But kind of like you, my fiance Jess was like, "Hey, this is huge." I was yep. like, "Yeah, it's it's cool, <laughs> you know." Right? Because I'm already thinking of my next 100 and the next sure. 100, and you know, like you, I I had to stop, appreciate the milestone, and, and take it in and, and look back and say, "Okay, wow, you know, you know, an episode a week for a hundred weeks in a row. It's almost two years." you know, four weeks shy of two years. Actually, this is going to be episode 104. So this wow. is like the two year mark when this comes out. Um, and <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, that is an accomplishment in itself. And it's important to celebrate that. Absolutely. But I think maybe the Absolutely. New York in us is what keeps us hungry. Because every time I feel like I've arrived, every time I feel like I've made it, I get in New York and I get humbled instantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instantly. Yep. It's, 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 it's uh, I, you know, if you get what what is the saying like if you can make it there you can make it anywhere I mean yeah. New York there is something so real about that energy it's physical almost right it's like you can touch it like when you're there it's just such a different that's why you know moving out here um that's I'll probably miss that the most right when you get back to New York when you go back you feel it too I'm sure like you're like oh yeah there's something about it you know what I mean and it's just not the same anywhere else um so. And I, I did say that on a previous podcast, and I, I'm not trying to bad talk South Carolina or LA or, or any other city. Cause no, of course, of course not. City, of course not. You know, um, I think it's just, it's, um, I mean, it's blatantly in your face in New York of the amount of hustle that's going on. And, and you can't go five steps without feeling or seeing it, man. Right, right. How can folks uh, connect with some of the work that you're doing, follow your stuff. And, uh, I want to give them an opportunity to, to hear your work that you've been working so hard on, man. Sure. So, uh, the project that I've been spending the most time on over the past three years is Rev, uh, R-E-V-V. And that's what my buddy Rocco, um, that's pretty much Rev the band, uh, on all, pretty much all platforms, mm-hmm. um, Spotify, R-E-V-V. Um, we have a website, revtheband.com. Um, and then personally, you can follow me, uh, I guess the best place would probably be Instagram, which is just, uh, at I am Um, but I, I'll eventually get like a, a better way to start cataloging, cataloging my productions, um, yeah. along the way. So definitely, man. And I, I'm excited to see, see your growth. I'm excited to see all the rainbows that are, that are heading your way. And I know you're, you're working on them. I think LA is going to be a good, a good move, man. I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of fertile soil around you i hope i hope um you know i'm gonna i'm exactly all of the things we talked about i'm gonna work hard keep my head down and uh do the best i can and and hopefully something comes of it and uh continue to build on uh some of the momentum that uh we had coming back from new york 
Absolutely, man. And if ever you need that boost, you know where to go, right? <laughs> hey, we, listen, I, we, we got to we gotta hang. We got to figure something out. I don't know if you're over on the West Coast or, or maybe I'll get down to you, but we got to figure something out. It's been too long. I know I didn't get to see you um, last fall. Usually that's when we kind of see each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll our, have to figure something out. Our friends giving me yeah. man. Right. That's that you awesome. were the, you were, you were you were day one. That was that was that thing is still going and, and you were a part of that from the from the beginning. So it's something yeah. that I hope we can continue. I'm gonna try doing that again this November, planning to to go up and see family, see everybody. Um, of course, among this pandemic, travel's been limited, but definitely, man, I'd love tough. to link up sometime soon and, and we'll continue to 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 push each other to that next level. Yeah, let's keep let's keep in touch. Absolutely, and, and I w- thank you so much for for having me on. I, I know you've had some uh, very prestigious uh, guests, and uh, I'm I'm very appreciative for the opportunity. So thank hey, you. You're right there with all of them. Man. I, <laughs> I, I, I thank you. High praise. Thank you so yeah. much. High praise. That's that's your humility coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. And of course, as always to the listeners, we appreciate you rocking with us to the end, man. Just going back to some of the things that Vin said, you know, if if we don't do it now, we'll never do it. That was something you guys got to take with you because a lot of us right now are sitting in in the middle of a pandemic and we're probably sitting on an idea. We're probably sitting on that side hustle. Maybe some of you are at home looking at the keyboard, waiting to create music. If you don't do it now, you won't do it. And have to play to our strengths. I love the fact how Vin was mentioning using hitting the hitting the desk or whatnot. Those organic elements that you bring into the music. If you're not the best guitar player, you're not the best drummer. Use what you have around you to still get those elements. And as he said, nowadays you can make music in just about anything. And enough Absolutely. is never enough, man. Uh, <laughs> Vin, I know you're hungry. I'm hungry. We're gonna be eating pasta because we love ourselves some some Italian food, ravioli, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a I'm a penny ala vodka guy, but you got to be hungry. Les Brown says all the time, you got to be hungry. You have to be <laughs> hungry. That's my Les Brown impression. Um, and, and if you ever, ever think that you might not be ready for that project that somebody's asking you to do, maybe consider taking that jump and build the wings or build the parachute on the way down. Vin and I are both working on that. I've done it. I came out on the other end okay, and I'm still doing it to this day, or I'm trying to at least. And uh, man, Celebrate the big or the little wins because, I mean, you have to along the way, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you deserve it. You owe it to yourself. Absolutely, man. Vin, I appreciate you. Thanks for being on. And always, as we say to the the listeners at the end of the episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain. But you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow. Absolutely. I like that. Oh, yeah. The No Rain, No Rainbows podcast is recorded at Camaraderie, a collective workspace in Greenville, South Carolina, right off the Swamp Rabbit Trail. If you're looking for a place to grow your business, network with other professionals, and establish your own workspace, Camaraderie is the place to do so. Get access to high-speed internet, private showers and towel service, free methodical coffee, and free beer on tap. For more details, be sure to head over to camaraderiecowork.com or hit the link in the show notes and find out how you can lock in your space with rates starting at just $99 a month. Be sure to tell them that Ted sent you and try it out for free. You never know, you just might find a new home at Camaraderie. Let's grow.